Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 41 of Dole Whips and Double Doubles. My name is Ryan Miller, and sitting beside me, as always, is my wife, Lauren. Hello. We are one half of the Double Doubles. Joining us virtually, as always, we have Ryan and Lauren in London, Ontario. Hello. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Um, so this is going to become a yearly tradition for us. Uh, it's the last podcast of the year, and we are going to look at our year in review and l- take a look at next year two. So this is our year in review and next year two volume two. I I really hope that this is the only year that we are doing a year in review that we were not able to visit the parks. <laughs> oh my god! So it's a no little kidding. bit it, this, strange. It, this is a tragic year in review. To a certain extent. Yeah, we're doing the best we can. We're, we're, so it's a year in review from the, we're going to take a, we're, yeah, we're going to take a look at 2020, uh, the things that happened, and then we're going to take a look ahead to 2021 and see what's on the horizon for, for Disney as well. But let's start. Uh, I'm going to take us back just before the start of 2020, um, because it's kind of close enough. Uh, I always like, um, so Rise of the Resistance as an attraction opened uh, at uh, Walt Disney World in and around December of 2019. December 6th. December 6th. And so I feel like that's close enough to 2020 for, for it to count. And they're still having issues with <laughs> people still can't yeah. get a boarding pass. So. The boarding pass system. It's so still I, like the most uh, difficult attraction to get uh, Well, and I, I think on. just with fewer... Uh, guests being able to ride and um it's just so it's such an complicated i guess uh involved ride yes that, um, it's an unprecedented ride yes yeah, that oh. that's the word that's, of the day that's, that's gonna it, be the word it. of the that's day that's probably you the know, word of the year that's it and in keeping with 2020 if you would like to play a drinking game with us tonight yeah you are welcome <laughs> to take a shot every time we say unprecedented just yeah. know you'll probably un- be under the table by halfway through. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I do, it's, it is worth mentioning because I mean, it opened in December. Uh, it was really difficult to get um, on that ride. So I feel like 2020, the start of the year was when it sort of hit its stride and people started getting used to the the program, I guess, in terms of how they were handing out the, the virtual boarding passes um, and that has gone through many iterations over the course of the year. But uh, but starting off our, our year in review, I think, with a bit of a, a high note. Yeah. Um, I mean, in typical yearly Disney fashion, uh, Epcot had their International um, Festival of the Arts that starts 2020. That's uh, everything's going happily and, uh, <laughs> and and things are good. I feel like this is like the Titanic, you know? We know how it's yeah. going to end. You know, <laughs> there's a true. giant iceberg coming in, in a couple months. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a couple of years ago, um, because we didn't get to visit in 2020, uh, Lauren and I were able to go to the Festival of the Arts. It's a really great festival that I think um, is underrated and... Um, it just has so much to to offer in terms I thought, of. I thought that it was one of the um, that it did kind of the best job of incorporating the festival into the park, yes. sort of seamlessly, like just with like the photo, um, like the the classic painting, um, like photo opportunities throughout the world yeah, showcase, and just like the food and all the different kinds of 
um, performances that you can take in. There's, you know, like the, the chalk drawing. So I felt like it was, it just felt very cohesive with yeah. the park and that you could really experience it even just like walking around the park. Well, and it celebrates all art forms or a, a large variety of art forms. So I think it's a good opportunity to be exposed to um, artists of all different disciplines and, uh, and yeah, see what they have to offer. But that takes us through like our first couple of months of the year. And then I, I, I almost don't, it's so eerie how close this was. Uh, but Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway opened officially March 4th, 2020. And I, I, uh, I'm just going to jump ahead at like, you we, know, a couple of weeks yeah. even, because, um, I, I had to look up the dates again, but, all of the parks, all six of the Disney parks in the world were all closed by March 16th. Yeah. So, I mean, some of them closed a little bit earlier. Like, I think Tokyo was the first to close or Hong Kong. I can't remember, but um, I just, the, you know, Hong I Kong and Tokyo was, yeah, Hong and, Kong Shanghai, and Shanghai, they closed before the North American parks. And uh, Paris closed around the same time. I think they clo it closed the same day as Walt Disney as World. As Walt Disney World. But my, uh, a friend and a coworker, she happened to be in Japan. And I was so excited for her because she was going to spend a day at Tokyo um, Disney. And she, I think it closed the day after she got there. Super so close. She, so she got in. Um, and every it was still safe. Uh, when she was there, just in general in Japan, but um, she she got in there and she brought me back some ears and some like Japanese Disney ramen. Um, so those were nice memories from 2020. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I've not had a chance to wear those ears yet, so they're uh, they're in desperate need of a Disney trip. Yeah, I'm just thinking like uh, I'm trying to remember, and maybe you guys can weigh in on this as well. Um, in terms of how I felt knowing that the Disney parks worldwide were closing, like to me, it was such a like, okay, <laughs> thing. not that, not that things weren't serious before, but like, you know, Disney's pretty on the ball at being, um, making sure that guest safety is, uh, is priority number one. And, uh, in this case, yeah, they had to make. Uh, again, an unprecedented decision yeah. to close the Disney parks. Do and I remember, I remember like I had... the videos of of the parks closing, like oh the gosh, cast members, like it? like waving to everybody. The characters were out there, like it was just, um, it was so somber. After like, I think there was just something that felt like, um, we've always been so used to knowing that the parks are out there and open. And you could just be wishing, like, you know, oh, I wish I was there right now. But but when they closed, it was like you didn't have there there wasn't even that kind of wishing option. You'd have to wish for the parks to be open first and for there to be no COVID. And then you could wish to be there. <laughs> so I uh I remember I had a lot of clients messaging me in I'm gonna say the end of February, maybe even maybe even mid February. And they're like, do you think that this, you know, virus is going to impact my trip? And I was like, no, no, like Disney, you know, Disney doesn't close. And, and you know, and to be honest, I, I felt really confident. I was like, that's not, you know, it's not going to happen. There's, you know, there's a lot of things. And truthfully, at the time, you know, I don't think any of us thought it was going to have the impact that it did. So I felt no. like, you know, it closed 
you know, in the morning of 9-11 and then reopened the next day. Like that's just kind of, you know, there is a bit of, you know, Disney represents a, uh, there's a safety zone or or feel about Disney. And so it's staying open, you know, kind of had that, that symbolism. Um, And then I remember uh, I had clients going for March break. So this is Ontario March break, which I think was March 14th this year. I think that's what it was, March 14th. And, um, and I remember I talked to them on March 11th, I think, which is when Disneyland said they were going to close. I know Disneyland closed a couple days before Disney World. And I said to them, I said, Hey, like Disneyland's closing. That's bananas. Highly likely, you know, who, who knows what happens next? I, you know, I still, you know, again, maybe I'm, I, I was being naive at the time, but I still thought Disney World wasn't closing. Just Disneyland, California tends to be a little bit more progressive. They wanted to kind of nip things in the bud, you know, but I remember I called her and she's like, oh, no, no, we're going Friday night. So this is like the Tuesday or Wednesday. She's like this, you know, we're going Friday night. Like, no, no big deal at all. Like, this is crazy. We're, we're definitely going. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah, for sure. You're going great. And then I think it was like the next day and Disney World was like, yeah, yeah we're, we're closing as of Sunday um or we're closing sunday at the end of the day that's our last day you know indefinite kind of thing or or whatever and i remember being like oh my gosh and i've done some uh radio interviews for cbc london for like parenting stuff and so they called me up and they said hey we want to talk to you about like because of course ontario schools were then closing after march break and she calls me like the almost the exact hour that disney world announces it closed she goes, Hey, I want to talk to you about, you know, school closing. How do you think, you know, it's going to impact your, your, your life. And I was like, Oh, Oh, wait a second here. Disney world's closing. Unfortunately <laughs> at this moment, I'm like, I'm knee deep in that. Uh, like, you know, I trust me, like my kids not being at school for a couple of weeks at the time, it seemed like a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, that's, I can't talk about that. I'm like, I'm, you know, this is what I do. And Disney world's closing. I don't have time to answer these, these questions. And I remember at the moment, it was such a surreal experience. You know, normally I'd be like, sure, this is cool. I'll go on the radio and talk about stuff. But at the same time, I was like, oh no, like something that I hold near and dear to my heart, but also something that I think represents stability in everything, whether it's the economy, whether it's in safety, whether it's in, you know, just like vacations in general was closing and to be honest, really with no definite timeline of no. of what the future was going to be, right? So I mean, yeah. I, so and you know, not to digress too much, though. I mean, that's really what we do. Um, yeah, I, I remember the whole time I was in, I guess now denial, but I really didn't think this was going to be what it's become. Um, and you know, who knew that I was going to have to know what, a, you know, a, an epidemiologist was, you know, yeah. <laughs> how important their role was and, and how unimportant mine is. Uh, so, I mean, you know, this, I, I was, I definitely was, was taken aback and I was very shocked. But anyways, when, when I got the call about an interview and I was like, no, 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 Disney World's closed. This yeah. is huge. I've got a billion things I need to figure out. Um, so anyways, that's, that's how I recall uh, that week in March going down. Well, and I remember people, people whose trips were um, affected right away by that closure, like so for the month of March, like would rebook and we're shifting things to April. And then that didn't look likely. So it was shifting to May. So people were rescheduling a number of times. Well, I remember when Disney first announced the closures, it was like a two week period. Right. Like they'd only announced uh, like Disney is going to be closed um until like the first week of april essentially 
Uh, and because I know there was a phased, like they closed the parks, but they had a phased closure of the, of the resorts. That's right. I think while they still had some people coming in who, you know, you could, if you were a DVC member, you could still come in and, and use the resort. You just didn't have access to the parks. Um, but I think shortly after that, they were like, okay, we've got to get these resorts empty as well. And then it wasn't until like the first week of April in and around there when, when we were getting close to like, Oh, this is when Disney said they'd be closed until I think a couple of days before that deadline, they were like Disney's closed indefinitely. Well, I think, and I believe that universal announced extended closures before Disney yes. a few days. And we thought, I just remember people thinking like, okay, we need to hear from Disney now. <laughs> if, yeah. if Universal if, can't be the litmus test. It well, has to be Disney. <laughs> and if they're not, if they're not opening, you know, then we knew yeah. that Disney wasn't going to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just a, it was just a, a, a sad time in a, it was a sadder time in an already sad time. <laughs> For sure. I think we were all, I mean, obviously like Disney is one thing, but our own lives were thrown into chaos around that time. So it was just yeah. adding adding to that. I really thought we were, in March, I really thought that things might be okay by early our, May for our us May trip. to go. And then that became clear that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah. I was just going to say, I remember, um, so we were, and I know we talked about this before, so my apologies to the, to the seven of you listening. Um, <laughs> We had uh, we had a cruise booked for March 14th, um, and of course it didn't happen. Um, and it's with Royal Caribbean, and uh, you know who knows when that happens. Though uh, side note, they did extend the voucher now until April 2022. Well, so, that's, great. Hey, that's um, a lot longer. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it is. It's an extra four months, um, but it's an extra four months with a vaccine in, in sight. So yeah, uh, it seems a little bit more realistic now than it did uh, a couple weeks ago. So that's great. But um, we had again a one one that you all know a Disney cruise that we should be that we're a Disney trip that we were. All, we would be in Disney right now had, had, uh, yeah. um, had it happened. But I remember in March, April, May, June, July, I was like, Oh, well, we're still going to go. Like, I'm still going to go to Disney. Like that's just, it's not. And I remember we booked an extra few nights at art of animation. We were going to stay at uh, the new little mermaid oh, renovated yeah. rooms. Um, which I guess is something we can talk about for, for well, that happened. next year. So <laughs> yeah. that happened. Uh, and I was like, Oh, it'd be great. You know, you know, we must, we'll do two, two different, uh, resorts anyways. And, um, you know, we booked that in, I want to say April, May. And we were just like, yeah, you know, we're going to go. Um, and I mean, as it got closer, obviously you became aware that it wasn't, but I, I mean, I honestly think that a lot of us were in, disbelief that this was going to go on as long as it was yeah yeah um and i I, think even with disney i thought disney would be i I was shocked i mean gosh they didn't open for and i know we'll we'll get to it but many more days than than i thought (laughs) than what we expected i think i think you're right we went through like a period of we thought when they first closed yeah they're going to be closed for a couple weeks and then as as it dragged on you're like okay they're going to be closed for a few months yeah. And then after a few months, they're like, oh, they might be closed for much well, longer. Let's just mention now, Disneyland has not reopened. Uh, well, yeah. Disneyland uh, is yeah. is not going to reopen in 2020. And I think for a while, um, that didn't seem... 
that that wasn't really entering anyone's minds but no. just given their restrictions um they I, just I think can't. it's got to be a combination of things like obviously the state of California uh being hit really hard with with the virus um and and really like they've been really progressive on in terms of their their lockdowns um to make sure that they're uh you know limiting the number they're trying to flatten the curve but i think it's also a testament to we don't we don't often remember how small the disney parks are in california right and how jamming a ton of people into a much smaller park than we're used to at walt disney world um all of a sudden becomes a a major issue i know that um when they reopened and I'll just, I'll just mention it now. They sure. finally reopened. Um, they did a, a kind of a small phased reopening. Um, yeah, they've got their downtown so, Disney district. Oh no, right? I was going to talk about, um, Disney world. Oh, but Disney yeah, world? they did open there, but basically everything closed, right? Like we saw the closure of Disney Springs in March. Yep. Um, and then later in the month, um, Alani in Hawaii closed. And then also, the DVC um, resorts, so Hilton Head and Vero Beach, um, they also closed. But in Florida, I believe that the governor made some kind of mandate that said that I think it was by June 28th or 9th, I think it was the 29th, that all like timeshares had to be open and available for guests. So DVC resorts had to open. Yeah, Disney was forced to open that portion of each one of their dvc resorts so you could book a stay but the parks weren't open yet so they didn't open until um so magic kingdom and animal kingdom opened first um they were opened on july 11th and then epcot and hollywood studios followed a few days later on july 15th i mean Um, that feels like ages ago but at the same time like March to July is a, is a really long time. Yeah. Um, but also that they've been open since the summer and we've had like, I mean, at least here in Canada, we're in the thick of the yeah. second wave. Well, I also want to mention that just when the parks reopened, um, like Florida's numbers soared. Yeah. Um, we yeah. saw such a, and so it was really, it was really, uh, I don't know, perplexing, I guess, <laughs> to sort of see, these parks like move forward um when the numbers were getting quite high as well yeah i think uh like the numbers were high and it was uh difficult to comprehend why uh the florida governor was sort of leaving it up to each one of the counties to um to sort of make up their own rules and and Disney still has been pretty restrictive but not in the same way that like I remember when Shanghai uh opened uh or reopened that the government had mandated they couldn't operate at more than 30% capacity and uh and they were rolling out um those increases to that whereas I think in Florida Disney's kind of had their own ability to uh, dictate what the limits I think, are. I think they were limited first off. 
right off the bat. Yeah. But I think towards uh, as things reopen, yeah, they got more and more autonomy to. to I think open. we should talk about some of the changes that the park saw, like like some of the things. Like I know we saw the um, removal of the dining plan. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so there yeah, were yeah. you uh, like earlier in the year we saw the introduction of the Disney Dining Plus plan or the end of oh, it was the end, end of twenty nineteen. And then oh my gosh, that feels I'd love, like fourteen years ago. <laughs> I'd love to know how many people actually got to to use to it. Try that out before um probably more than we we're expecting. And and really it makes sense that that the dining plans had to be removed because not all of the I don't even not like not all the resorts are even open or restaurants are open. Sorry. Yeah. Um and the ones that were were opening at fifty percent capacity or yeah. less. So you just they couldn't um they they couldn't guarantee that you know they could meet the need um people who had free dining that's that was not a thing yeah so i believe if you kept your trip that um they gave you a room discount uh kind of as a trade-off for that um for missing out on, yeah. on free dining so uh so there was that um yeah and then you had to make a park reservation Yes, the whole park reservation system was a totally like if you think Disney had to had no uh, preconceived notion of having to create this system uh, in March and then scramble to try and make it like who knows when they got the green light to to go ahead and develop it. But they sure did it quickly because uh, when the parks reopened, you had to make you and you still have to make a park reservation um to identify which park you're going to on what day. So we also saw the loss of park hoppers. Yeah. You were only able to visit one park a day. Um, how do you guys feel about park reservations and having to make those so well, far in I'd, advance? I wonder if I want, I so far, I mean, it's only so far in advance because whenever you buy your ticket, you can then make it. In right. theory, yes. you don't have to make it as quick as no. as you like. You know, basically, whenever you book your trip, you can then book it or you can wait. But yes, it, it could fill up to capacity right now. I do think that this is something that I think Ryan Stark, whether as of whatever day we are, <laughs> um, December eighteenth. <laughs> no, so but my point being is, uh, I think that this is a great way for Disney to allocate resources for what parks are going to be busier on what days. So yep. it would not surprise me if this, uh, along with a fast pass hybrid system or who knows, maybe the fast pass changes. I think that this allows Disney to do a reset in some things. And I wonder what they will choose to keep and what they'll choose to modify and what they'll choose to get rid of altogether. But I do wonder if we'll keep park reservations. I would I also... just like to say that I would like the dining plan to come back and I would like it to be better than before. Yeah. I'd like yeah. it to include breakfast. How uh, about that? Yeah. Yes. No, that no. But it, yeah, but it's going to cost you that. You'll be think a dining plan is but not. But make me fine. feel like it doesn't. Come on. Yeah. Play with my, my mind. Give me some psychology here. I mean, you can get the breakfast with the deluxe yeah. dining plan, yes. but yes. it is. You, you are overpaying for breakfast at that point. Right. You are, yes. Right. Yes. So. Want a happy medium. All right. The, the um, other thing we lost were yeah. fast passes. Yeah. And and wasn't that okay? I think it has been. Now, I mean, yeah. not, having not been there, but... Um, I mean, it's good because you get a realistic wait time 
I think. Yeah, and you're only dealing with right. one. You're only dealing with one line, so the standby lines are actually not as long. Like we saw this with uh, when the Millennium Falcon opened, and there was no fast pass for a while, um, and it didn't like it would might be a bit long, but what we were there when it kind of uh, was new. And I want to say the longest wait was like 40, 45 minutes. Well, and I think even when it said 40, 45 minutes, it was less than that. Right. Like it just, it means that they don't have to stop the standby line to fill in with fast pass users. So I don't, I mean, I know people want it, want it back. And I, I like them. I like being able to kind of just walk on, but right now I think it's not, it's definitely not the worst thing. Um, and I think for some of the the rides where, you know, you see those really long, like 60 minute and overweights, um, I think they might be moving a little bit faster. So yeah, I think I we'll can't see imagine the return. We're, we're not seeing 180 minute waits at Flight of Passage. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's more realistic and you you move quickly or quicker through the line because you're right. You're not fighting with the fast pass. They can fill the entire attraction Although, I mean, there's still uh, there's still some rides that they are filling at lower capacity, um, but uh, but it just allows them to utilize all of the space, maintain proper physical distancing and not have uh, not have the added headache of uh, of dealing with a fast pass line. So let's talk about what else we lost in the park experience, because there is quite a few. Uh, no like character 30, dining. Like- Yep. Um, no, no character meet and greets. Not really. Yeah. No, like you, they they did open a couple. Um, like what Chef Mickey? Uh, just re just open with more also uh, characters. Garden Grill and what's the one at Riviera? Topolinos. Yeah. Um. So they you can kind of like the characters come out. You can't meet them, but they'll kind of stand in the background so you can take like a selfie. Um, and yeah, no character meet and greets. No parades, no nighttime entertainment, so no fireworks. Um, and basically, this is just you know to maintain like physical distancing. And they don't want to. They don't want to make crowds gather. Yeah. But but we did see the introduction of the character cavalcades, and this having only seen them you know on my computer screen really, um, these look like they've gotten such a good reaction. Um, and I think we've touched on them before, but. I mean, I want to go to Animal Kingdom and just see like a little boat float by with Pocahontas and Miko on it and wave to them. Like I, it just feels um, like it, it just seemed like a really good way to sort of bring in those characters and that spontaneous sort of bit of magic throughout the parks. And I have to say, that's what I loved at Disneyland. Like, there's a lot more of that at Disneyland. Yeah. Um, and it's and spontaneous, really, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, I get that, you, you know, you can't get up close now but you can still take pictures and and selfies and stuff like that but that the spontaneousness of it was really special in disneyland and we just don't see that in disney world no and i imagine it just like really brings the atmosphere to to a different level like um just that that element of surprise about it Um, yes that was the best part i i I hope that they kind of keep some of that that would be nice i agree yeah, just an added bonus that hey, a character is coming by. It's not scheduled. Like there's no, you can't read about it in the times guide. You, you just have to sort of be there, and it's a and it's a pleasant surprise. But they were happening quite often. 
the character mm-hmm. cavalcades sort of coming down. Um, yeah, they just didn't want people lining up and waiting for for the next one to come. And basically, we're talking about like, um, I know that Gaston and Merida would come on their horses, um, or it might just be some characters on a single float. Yeah. Um, or maybe one or two of those. One float that drives all the way down. Yeah. So is there, have I missed anything? What else was sort of changed? Well, I was just going to say um, that I know all of us would, would want to make sure that we mentioned that 32,000 cast members at least oh, lost absolutely. their jobs because of it. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I just wanted to draw attention to is there is a Facebook group um, called uh, Ear for Each Other, which is one that is for cast members to kind of share their side hustles and to also kind of like, you know, just you know be supportive and all that kind of stuff but you can join the group if you want to learn more about the stuff that they again especially we've got american uh listeners who want to you know maybe support them it might be easier i'm not sure you know the the canadian dollar and uh shipping and all that stuff never isn't usually helpful for us but anyways i it would be remiss if we didn't talk about it and i wanted to make sure people knew about this facebook page as i'm sure there's other uh, ways to support these for load cast members as well. But uh, a lot of them are, are laid off and a lot of them uh, will not be working for Disney. Anytime. That's, no. that's the so. biggest tragedy I think of the yeah. whole, oh, the whole year for sure. Like, I mean, and that's true worldwide in terms of people yeah, who have absolutely. Uh, yeah. suffered. And that like, this was like all levels of employment. This was you oh, know, yeah. so many entertainers. And also yeah. the one I remember seeing, um, uh, we love to watch the the Disney live streams yeah. put on by the Disney um, Parks blog, and so there was um, the woman Jen. She was blonde, and she I think she said she'd worked with Disney. I want to say like close to twenty years. Yeah, um, uh, Jen uh, Fickley Baker. Yes, yes. And yeah. so she was one of the furloughed, uh, or like for, like she lost her job. Um, I think they gave her plenty of notice. I think she said you know sometime this like this month December she. Uh, it would end so um that it was just you know that's hard to see at all levels um and i don't know what the answer would have been i don't know what disney was supposed to do with you know these people who especially like the entertainers who hadn't been working for months and and we don't know when a lot of this entertainment will return i'm hoping that you know, when we see Festival of the Lion King return and Finding uh, Nemo the Musical return, that that those um, performers will have the opportunity to get those jobs back. Yeah, I I really obviously don't know <laughs> at all, but but I would hope that that a lot of these things will eventually return to the park, and and hopefully those people are the first people who get called are offered. Um, those positions again uh but i mean yeah that's that's so many people you know and and these people like they loved their job they loved being there um and that they're such a huge part of the park and the experience um so it really really is a a tragic loss and one of and probably one of the worst things i mean we talk about the parks being closed and that feeling sad but when that's your livelihood um, and you live in a place where tourism is like the number one industry and it's just been decimated, uh, like that's truly tragic. So, yeah, yeah, no, anything we talk about is, uh, is, is superficial compared to absolutely 
uh, compared to to these cast members losing um, their income, so and their income source and their livelihood and all that stuff. So, yeah, um, definitely a somber a somber note um, to to twenty twenty was that, um, and and you know what, I I I do wonder as well with we talked about what would stay, what would go. Um, you know, how is Disney going to roll with that? I mean, that's a lot of staff. I mean, obviously when resorts open, they'll hire some back and as restaurants open all that stuff, but you know, there's always been rumblings around entertainment and entertainment being cut and, and, you know, the, the citizens of Hollywood, I believe were cut before this happened. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in Hollywood studios. So, you know, anyways, it just it makes you wonder what the, what the future holds for for entertainment in the parks. I mean, we talked about some of these uh, little micro interactions, I guess you could call them, with you know Pocahontas and and you know on the riverboat or or whatever. And you know that would be great if those things stayed, but you know, are, is it going to be in the expense of something else? Right. Yeah. Uh, I would say performers all over have really suffered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just Absolutely. Any, Goodness. Any me. live. Yeah live performance or theater like the artists have really um it's it's you you see people trying to be innovative but it's been um unprecedented yeah and it's like how do you how do you do what you're supposed to do without without a live audience so um yeah anyways that's definitely one of the big big downers of of 2020 yeah and like hampered you know Disney Disney has their their reasons but also I mean sometimes they're just hampered by the restrictions like it's unfortunate that um the live performances were were basically venues that gathered a ton of people together and and that will likely be one of the last things that we're able to to reopen again mm-hmm. um I know just in talking about things that we lost rivers of light for sure. Um, as a, as a nighttime spectacular, uh, which I really enjoyed. I know it kind of is divisive. Um, but like some of my favorite music, um, first, and that show went through a number of changes. I know it. I loved the original iteration. Yeah. With the shamans. Um, it was great. So, yeah, sad to see that go. I think did primeval world primeval world, uh, took the official, uh plunge and uh and i think there was something else well i know that there were no holiday parties that's not really what we're talking about no but um (laughs) but no holiday parties so like a big big part of the um halloween and and christmas season well and i mean that's a huge uh money maker for disney yeah maybe too much you know i I will say absurd amounts I mean, I've paid them, but I will say that the prices were a little steep sometimes for those. But for, yeah, Mickey's uh, not so scary Halloween oh, party and yeah, Mickey's very merry Christmas party, especially when you got close to those popular dates. But anyway, that's not. I mean, I was sad to see them go. So yeah. right now, I'm assuming they'll be back. But um, that was definitely a, a, a change. Yeah, that... let's let's talk about one addition to the park experience, um, and that's uh, masks. And that going to Disney, anybody who is capable of going to uh, to Disney at this point um, is required to wear a mask at all times, um, except when you're eating when stationary. Right. Uh, That's that's the only exception. And uh, and yeah, Disney has been closing loopholes on on that for, you know, the past few months where uh, 
yeah, they they want to make sure that guests are wearing masks at all times um, because that's a huge uh, proponent of um, preventing the spread of uh, of the virus. Also, I mean, most of their promotional um, like photos now, uh, you'll notice that people are wearing masks. Like they're just really presenting that as the normal park experience right now. Yep. Um, so you Isn't that won't... ironic? Do you remember yeah. like last year when we were talking about how they didn't want people in, was it Hong Kong or which, I forget which park, yeah. they didn't want to show them with masks? Yeah. yeah. I remember talking and about I mean, that. And I mean, even, I think even at the start of, um, you know, their, their shutdown, just before uh, when people were starting to to wear masks or, or masks were were necessary, they, I think Disney still didn't want to take a ton of pictures or show a bunch of pictures of people without uh, with masks on because, you know, from a I guess a PR perspective, it they don't want to scare anyone off. But then all of a sudden, when it was you know this is a serious um, threat to personal safety. Uh, now it's masks on at all time and, and all yeah. the pictures and videos that, uh, that Disney releases all have, have and if masks you, on. If you removed your mask or if it kind of slipped or fell off um, on a ride photo, you didn't get your ride photo. So more recently <laughs> what they've started doing is um, giving people like a, a I want to call it like an emoji mask. <laughs> it's <laughs> a it's, digital mask. Yeah. <laughs> That if, they place on yes, you. Yes, and that's, well, I think that's because a lot of people, if you were in the same, like, log on Splash Mountain, even rows apart, and you kept your mask on, and you had the memory maker, if the people behind you didn't have their mask on, or if it slipped under their nose, um, you didn't get your photo. So I think this is a way to, um, to you know, kind of remedy that. Or, I don't know, maybe they're trying to publicly shame people. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, and you know what? I, I mean, actually, I was going to say, I'm, I'm in this instance, I mean, sometimes we we call it like it is when it comes to Disney and some of their decisions, but I like this. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? I mean, I understand that it's, it, you know, a lot of Disney's decisions, probably all of them come from a business perspective. And again, that's what they are, as much as we like to think of them as other entities. They're a business. Um, but... I mean, it certainly aligns with with science and I think the way we should have been handled this all along. And you know what? It's not like they've got cast members they're trying to protect. They've got, oh yeah, you know, visitors they're trying to protect. Um, I know I saw something down the road where, you know, somebody was like, oh, you know, you can't, you know, nothing's been traced back to Disney. And I just think that's hogwash or so many people yeah. go. And, I yeah, I, I think that's fool's gold to say that, you know, I'm not saying that anything has been traced, but to say definitively nothing has been, I think is preposterous. Um, but I mean, I think Disney's has handled this the best that they could in this situation. And uh, yeah, I've been really impressed with the way they've done it. Yeah, I think uh, we we saw that, um, you know, Disney always likes to. Uh, control their own narrative and uh and in this particular case when disney is on board with promoting safe um safe habits and physical distancing and mask wearing like that's that's going to be an integral part of their uh marketing moving moving forward oh i wanted to mention there was a, a little bit of a change when it came to epcot festivals um so they it was canceled very early, or like the parks closed very early on during the um, Flower and Garden Festival. 
So pretty much that whole thing was non-existent. And then the big one, you know, food and wine, um, the parks were open. So they called it like the taste of sort of. So now it's like taste of Epcot food and wine. Well, it was uh, the taste of flower and garden and food and oh, wine, yeah. was it? Like they yeah. combined they because they, they still had the, the flower and garden stuff. Yeah, like the merchandise and, and some of the topiaries, I and think. some of the topiaries, and they uh, and they, but it was also the time of year that food and wine would come out, so they sort of combined the two. And it was a little bit a of, a, of a smaller, so like no demonstrations um, or seminars. I don't think there was as as many booths, and the same has sort of been for the, you know, taste of the holidays, I believe. Yeah, um, and the same will happen with the. Um, with the festival of the arts so still like it like a mini experience so they didn't scrap it completely but they tried to just um, make it a little bit smaller and make it identifiable as this is something different um i think we should close out on 2020 uh, but just before we move into uh <laughs> yes, next year too yeah. uh the one last thing that i wanted to to share is uh disney's plan for new year's which a lot of people speculated, like, what would they do? How would they how would they handle New Year's? Well, we have our answer, and that is, like, Dis the Disney parks are open later. Magic Kingdom's open till 11, but you can't ring in the New Year in the park. Uh, there's going to be no in-park celebrations. What they are going to do is, um, is broadcast uh, their, their New Year's fireworks on the in-resort TVs uh, so people can go back to their resort rooms, watch the fireworks on the TV, and uh, and celebrate that way. I'm assuming there's probably going to be some sort of stream of that for, for people outside of the, uh, the resorts. Or you can just watch a previous um, recorded <laughs> Disney fireworks. Our tradition has always been whatever we're, whatever we're doing on New Year's, we always stop in... Um... And watch the live stream. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure. I Whatever. I'm going to watch it on YouTube. And Regardless. And I Even think if our timing is I off. I think one year we kind of missed them. So we had to watch them a little bit <laughs> late. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's just, yeah. So, you know, it's sad to think that those aren't happening, uh, you know, in real life kind of this year. But, but you know totally what? We're not, we're not out of the woods yet. Uh, vaccines on the horizon. So 2021 is looking great. But we still have to make sure we're, um, you know, getting through getting through the thick of it here. So let's move into 2021. Let's leave 2020 behind and uh, and say a little bit of good riddance to it. Um, I think it's fair, fair to fair to say. Um, but let's talk about 2021. And, you know, we've talked about a lot of these things in previous podcasts, so we may not go into as uh uh, as deep a, a dive onto onto each one, but I think it's worth mentioning. Um, talking about the things that are, pro there are things that are coming in 2021. There are things that may come in 2021 or may get pushed to 2022 or beyond. Um, but let's just talk about them. And I, I know we said sort of right off the bat, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and we've talked about this before. Open March 4th in 2020. We have all not had an opportunity to go on that. So that's something we are looking forward to in the in the year to come. Um, yep. But one thing that we do know is going to open is Remy's Ratatouille Adventure in the France Pavilion. That is an yep. absolute guarantee. You can take that to the bank. 
So who's uh, who's excited for for Remy's? Yeah, I'm actually glad to hear it opening. I hadn't heard that, so I'm I'm glad to hear it moving forward. Like a little, I think all we really want is just some normalcy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and something new at Disney seems kind of normal. Oh yeah, and to, something to be excited about, and it definitely looks like um, you know a family ride. Uh, and, and I know the facade has been like ready for a little while and out there. So yeah, I'm looking Mm. forward to it. I mean, I don't have like, I don't think it's going to be the best ride ever. Um, but I think it's going to be really cute and fun. I like the movie. Um, I love the France pavilion. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, like Lauren said, it's an, you know, something new at Disney is exciting. And what's more exciting than a new ride? Uh, I can tell you what's more exciting is a crepery that's going to open. I was just going to say that. Oh, yeah. I'm more excited with the crepery. Okay. Well, the Lawrence will be on Ratatouille. I mean, I'll still go on Ratatouille, but maybe they'll let me bring a crepe on with me. Oh, I'm sure they will. (laughs) When in France. It'll be crepe. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You guys got a drink for that one, too. Yeah. Yeah, The pun. Take a shot for that joke. (laughs) Um, still in Epcot, uh, I know we've talked about this a few times. There's wild speculation as to when this is possibly going to open, but Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, where it looks like they're so close, but I have no idea how far they are in the process. I think they've said it will open 2021, but they haven't said when. They haven't said what? I, like, I'm assuming late 2021. Yeah. Like, we're looking towards the end of the year, but I think... It's so far along. They've they've had so many teasers along the way that I feel like uh, it will be a large disappointment if it doesn't open in 2021. So let's well, let's hope. And I wonder um, if I wonder how much vaccine distribution and the numbers will dictate how quickly that ride gets released also how much they promote mm. disney's 50th yeah which i think i wonder if they go hand in hand you know what i mean like i yeah. wonder if that ride opening near the 50 50 not the 50 50 <laughs> no near the the 50th anniversary or 50th birthday uh i wonder if that's kind of what they're they're planning yeah and this is the 50th anniversary of walt disney world yes uh, having opened in 1971, 2021 is 50 years. Uh, I know last year we were speculating uh, just like how how big the celebration was going to be um, in terms of all the announcements that they made, things that they were planning on having open for the 50th. And we've sort of tempered our expectations. Yeah, like at this is point. Tron going to be open? I feel like they they've not said anything about that, right? It's been delayed, I believe, a little bit, but yeah. but I'm not sure what that means in terms of of timing. But yeah, I mean, the Tron light cycle coaster is like it has to be close to finishing if they're not already unless they've stopped stopped working on it so it's it's possible that up, but, but uh but i like again no official announcements but i i hazard a guess that 2021 is a realistic reopen uh, like grand opening for the tron ride as well which i mean both guardians of the galaxy and tron have uh the possibility of becoming like my favorite roller coasters at uh at walt disney world i think 
there's a distinct possibility that one of them could take the crown for sure. Um, I don't know about you guys, whether like what you're anticipating or, you know, are roller coasters your thing or. Well, I mean, they, I mean, yes, they certainly are our thing. And I would say right now, Disney does not have a thrill ride as good as Hagrid's motorbike uh, coaster in Universal. So I would suspect that Tron will be uh, the comparison and probably will be better, I hope. But I mean, uh, I mean, Hagrid's is dynamite. And one day we will do a Universal podcast and gush over that. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we love all the roller coasters. I guess for me, um, to be honest, the Tron construction has been such a grandiose plan. I've never really thought about it actually being finished in my lifetime. So um, that will be just exciting to see. To be honest, I'd be, it'd be nice to ride the uh, the train. As I was going to say, yeah. I would love, right? to, I think even more, I would love to ride the train on the 50th. <laughs> I'm equally anticipating yeah. both we Tron have, opening and the railroad. We have uh, um, plans that I'm not even going to say right now really but i will be devastated if we can't be there for the 50th yeah. we have we have park reservations um and uh you know i just at first i didn't i was like well if we're not there right on the 50th that's okay and then i realized like no i absolutely want to be there um i think it would just be be great to sort of be in that atmosphere but yeah like does it get any better than riding the the railroad like the train um at magic kingdom on its birthday i don't think so <laughs> you know like that i feel like that i would get more from than like riding tron on yeah. the 50th like i would yeah. love i want to ride tron as well but um, i don't have to ride it on the 50th we can take a baby on the train we can't take it on tron as far as i know <laughs> there's not like well, a little sidecar or a little side know. pocket there should be it could be like a little mandalorian child Ooh, like little yes. ball that goes with you yeah. i mean oh, that's yeah. fantastic yeah. I, I mean, I, I know it's cross promotion. No. <laughs> I think, yeah. And I mean, we'll reiterate because we've talked about our potential plans for 2021. Um, you know, a lot of stuff has to be in place before before we can get there. So obviously we're just waiting for that to, to fall into place in order for, for us to go. I have a question uh, because I haven't looked it up. What about um, Star Cruiser? Uh, so this is... Star Wars. Uh, the... the uh, the resort, right? Yeah, the ex the, the Star resort Wars experience. Because you can't really call it a hotel, yeah. but yeah, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser called uh, the Halcyon. Halcyon. Yeah. I never know how to pronounce that word, but it's uh, Halcyon. Halcyon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the name of the ship. But essentially, like there, there was a big teaser for for this when they first started construction on it. Um, and we haven't really heard a ton since. So I think we're we're all just going to have to wait until we get closer. But it did have a 2021 opening uh, on the books. So I'd like to think that's a distinct possibility for, for next year too. Is, um, is that they're probably going to get that thing open and we're going to learn how expensive it is to to go and have that experience. And uh, and all the uh, I'm expecting incredible things um, that you'll get to experience while you're there. And I would also expect um, that the pricing will not be cheaper because of everything that's happened oh, this no year. No. So for those of you thinking no that uh, the uh, Galaxy Cruiser might be a little bit uh, of a lower cost now that uh, Disney uh, has less <laughs> people in their parks. 
that's just not how that's going to work. Well, and I think in the past, like when Disney has released uh, like room only deals or, or that sort of thing, there's always the um, the room categories that are not uh, not included. And I think it's just safe to say like this will never have a discount no, on it no ever. No. It does say right well, on Disney's website that it's coming to Walt Disney World in 2021, a two night wow. all immersive adventure. So. I think because well, it's on their website, like I would be pretty. They'd have to stick to it unless they update I mean, they their website. I mean, they can change it, but I would say at this point, it's not really rumor that it will be opening no. in 2021. They're saying that's their plan. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that could be coming. I can't I wait to huge. hear what other people experience <laughs> in that. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry uh, guys, we're not. Uh, yeah, we're not going to be able to try it and tell you about it um, uh, unless this podcast blows up and yeah. uh, Disney says, or we win the lottery. Yeah, probably the second one. That's more, more likely. likely. So, so uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. But the one thing I was going to say though is, I wonder if um, uh, if the 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 cruiser will impact um, Rise of the Resistance. And they're they're boarding and they're because presumably those guests will get they're going to get priority they're going to get priority on that. that and so that's going to then uh, back that up too but so I don't that'll really, be interesting to see I don't really remember how many rooms were projected to be in the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser because I think I, it's going to be yeah. limited yeah so I want to say like a hundred hundred and twenty I was going to say if there's a hundred and twenty rooms let's say a hundred and twenty there's two people in every room there's 240 yeah. people like they can get through that in like an hour at uh at rise of the resistance so i'm it will have some impact i how they get those people there um and and onto the ride i mean obviously all 240 aren't gonna go on at the same time but um but I don't think it'll have as big an impact as, let's say, opening a fast pass for for Rise of the Resistance, which at this point just seems like mind boggling as it, it's just not possible um, with the current setup. Do we think that Space 220 is going to open? Is that even it doesn't even sound right coming out of my mouth. Again, <laughs> like, is we, that what it's no. called? Space 220? Space 220. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, Ryan, like in the past, you've you've said you think that it will be delayed because like someone else will come in take it over and oh i uh, don't think it'll be 220 i think it's going to be ta- i think it's going to be put on the back burner and we don't see it yeah oh yeah i'm why? i mean yeah why um because i think that disney is really good at getting things started together if if they well, they're really good at getting things started, but I think that if it fits with them and everything works, then they get it, then they see it till its end. I don't think if it's taken this long, I just assume there's been too many hiccups and eventually they'll cut bait. And and, and then again, uh, pandemic might be a good excuse yeah. for them to, to cut bait and say, you know what, is it worth the money? I mean, it's a, it, it's pretty, um, out there kind of idea i mean excuse the pun um but i mean you know it is pretty adventurous all you know submersive submersive (laughs) immersive uh submersive is more of a coral reef uh kind of restaurant but 
um, immersive theming. Anyways, I, I just get the sense that we haven't heard anything. Disney's really good at killing stuff and being really quiet on it. And so this to me just kind of speaks to that. So here's, here's the thing that I think about it um, is we don't often really talk about the restaurants that are not owned by Disney that operate uh, yep. on Disney property. And space 220 is one of those restaurants where it's not being run by Disney. Like the Disney has say over theming and placement and I'm sure all sorts of things, but there is an outside company that is uh, managing this project. And when that outside company has issues, the, uh, the restaurant itself is going to, going to suffer. And I'm sure that um, what we're seeing is a byproduct of not only the pandemic, but uh, but the fact that Disney's not really spearheading the the project. I wonder if without being at full capacity, if they can afford to open it right away, like yeah. this outside company. Um, like you don't want to open it and it be underwhelming to the yeah, 50% of people who could yeah. be there. And I'm wondering like, do they want to open with their servers having to wear like masks and face shields? Is that how they want to start? Um, yeah, so I'm wondering if if we won't see it open until it can have like a grand opening. Yeah, like maybe not officially a grand opening, but I just mean until they can open the way that they originally in, uh, envisioned it. Yep. Um, With that submersive experience. <laughs> yeah. So that that would be my guess. Um, I feel like we should uh, like. Uh, wrap it up is there like sure there's a few other things that i want to cover uh really quickly one restaurant that's going to open uh come hell or high water is uh the roundup rodeo barbecue in toy story land uh like that is a disney restaurant that is going to open uh whether it's at 50 percent capacity or not um because i think there's just a need for uh another table service restaurant in hollywood studios and the fact that it's barbecue, Agreed. it's gonna it's gonna get there, <laughs> no matter what. Um, so again, you can take that one to the bank. Um, I just saw recently uh, Gideon's Bakery opening in Disney Springs. Like that's gonna be another uh, treat for everybody there. Yes, yes. Uh, and then the the last thing that we'll talk about, something we've talked about before, uh, is the the possibility of harmonious. Um, the yep. nighttime spectacular at Epcot um, is going to get its debut. They've obviously kept working on it. It's ready. Uh-huh. I would say it's probably ready to go right now, but be, until they green light nighttime spectaculars in general, um, we're not going to see yeah, there's a hint some, of it. They've definitely like put some teasers out there in terms of like that the, the fountains are going to be going throughout the day. Um, and I believe there's plaques in the park sort of around the viewing areas saying like harmonious, like just saying what harmo- harmonious is like yeah. a little sort of info sign. So it's well, on I, the horizon. And Epcot is a bit of a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of construction going on. Now, right. now it I could mean, be better. I mean that in months. a very affectionate way. We all love Epcot. Um, and I'm obviously like, seriously, we all, all love Epcot, <laughs> yeah. but it is not a park in which if you were down there, you know, let's say everything's back to normal um, today and you had three day park tickets, it could be the park you're not going to. Um, but if you have park hopper, 
it could be the park that you end up at the end of the night because you want to see a harmonious. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's the that's the trade off that they're willing to to make with harmonious is they want people to be there for some of the day. Um, again, there's obviously there's lots of great stuff you can do there, but Future World is a big mess right yeah, now. Yeah, the most of the world um, showcase is good to go. But, yes, uh, yes. But yeah, Future World and um, the they're ultimately going to end up in those uh, areas, the different neighborhoods that they talked about. Uh, right. Was it Play, Discovery, and a third one that I don't remember, but uh, but World Showcase is the fourth one as well. Um, right. Ryan, in London, you just said something that reminded me of something that, that we will see in 2021, and that's park hopping. Um, yeah. So that we've, the return of park hopping. Yeah, not exactly the way that uh, we're all used to it. Um, so basically you make your um, park reservation, and then I think it's – you don't have to make a second park reservation, but what it is, I believe it's like after two o'clock. Was um, it two or four? I couldn't, I couldn't uh, remember. I it's, it's sometime in the afternoon. I think it's about two o'clock. I think four seems late. I don't know. I should double check. But after that point, you can hop. If you have park hoppers, you can go to a second park um, as long as there is availability with the capacity. Um, I think... This is just a personal note. <laughs> Since our next trip, we will have a young baby. I don't think we will be park hopping. No. Um, and you're right. It's two o'clock. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was That's just, the last time I fact check anything. I was just feigning. No, 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 I wasn't totally sure, but I knew it wasn't four. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that that's something that a lot of people will make use of, especially if you're an annual pass holder. Um it just uh, gives you a few more options, and so anyway, I, th- I think that's a good a good thing. Yeah, to see that coming back in twenty twenty one. I don't know how it'll affect their numbers because obviously Disney still has. I mean, it depends on whether they're operating at a capacity or not. Um, I don't think it will affect their numbers because I'm sure the percentage of people park hopping may be limited, um, or they have an expectation that you know statistically speaking people who go to the park first thing in the morning may be gone by you know mid-afternoon by the time uh other people are are coming into the park uh so somehow on the back end they're they're tracking this but yeah i don't know do you guys uh do you think you'll park hop moving forward oh we hardly ever parked hop before now i will say our kids are older now uh and so i could see us uh maybe adding it um the next trip that i do i think i'd like to make uh as my kids will be 12 and 8 by the time we get back if we get back in the next year uh i'd like to make it like the bigger trip you know you're there for seven to ten days and you do five or six days of of parks with park hoppers so that's kind of how i'd like to to do it um and you know my kids can kind of handle that travel a bit more now uh but i mean I'm sure we've talked about this. It's not necessary. You guys know this. Uh, it's not, it won't make or break your trip. It's just kind of a fun thing to be able to, to flex your time. I mean, Hollywood studios, as much as we just chirped Epcot, Hollywood studios is tough to make it a full day in my opinion. And one thing we, we, we kind of skirted around. We talked about Disneyland being a really small park and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, tough to kind of contain those crowds. Hollywood studios has the same is problem. A very smart. Park, and it's the exact same problem. 
um, and ironically, just in a different state. And so therefore, it's uh, the rules are a little different. Well, and I mean, you'd um, think like adding space in Toy Story Land and uh, Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Edge um, <laughs> gives you more space in the park, but it also draws in, you know, a, a much larger percentage of people, uh, which makes it just as busy. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so that's, um, so I could see us doing, you know, do Hollywood studios two mornings on our trip kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, going somewhere else and not, uh, you know, you use the Skyliner and go to Epcot. If you don't have to fight for the fast passes, you don't have to, Oh, well we can't get this fast pass here. We can only get it this day. Like sometimes that's why you park hop is because you're, trying to be flexible with well, your fast passes you don't have to worry about and, that anymore and maybe I, don't know. I think that makes it more fun maybe disney gets rid of fast passes but keeps park reservations yeah you i mean yeah, yeah. you'd think there'd be a little bit of uh similarities to what it could help them plan for but that's why they make the money and we just talk about <laughs> yeah we just get to discuss uh yeah. and every once in a while get something right about <laughs> right. about the plans yeah yeah, yeah, well, well, that's a great segue for our uh, Splash Mountain's going to turn into Princess and the Frog, which we predicted. Yeah. And didn't we also predict a revamp of the clown? I mean, well, the I, pool? I don't think we'd be the only one who talked about the pool at uh, the boardwalk. Uh, creepy clown. That's true. Getting demolished at some point. Yeah. So the Keister Maybe Coaster we, now. We pushed it along them. The Keister Coaster. Keister Coaster at the boardwalk. It's Jeez. it's very different, but there's no no clowns, so that's that's a huge plus right. in my in my books. It's a huge plus, and I know we talked about it, so there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can go back and uh, and listen to. Uh, there's a few podcasts where we uh, talked about it, but certainly our um, best pools at uh, at Disney Resorts podcast. Go back and check that one out uh, because we're certainly going to mention that. Um, I do want to very quickly um, fact check myself uh, and talking about the Epcot neighborhoods uh, that there's the world showcase world nature uh, world discovery and world celebration. Those are the four neighborhoods that are coming to Epcot. Who knows when upside down question mark uh, in terms of when it's actually going to happen because there's things like, I mean, you talked about the splash mountain revamp, um, when is that going to take place? Probably not 2021, but maybe. I know they're fast tracking it. So when will when will Splash Mountain close for that revamp? But uh, but over in Epcot for sure, um, Spaceship Earth has had been on the docket for a big revamp and is now not for the time being. But we know that it's it's still going to come sometime in the future. So yeah. who knows? I think there's a lot up in the air for sure we can only speculate on most things that are coming in uh, in 2021 until we have firm dates from disney and usually we don't get those until we're a little bit closer but i think that's probably a good place for us to leave things off um again 2020 sayonara that was a yeah that was that was a a thing it was a year but i I will say like we got i i had a good time doing the podcast like we had some really kind of made us stretch our content muscles a little bit so if you're just joining us now like go back and check out the content we created over the course of the pandemic especially the shutdown shutdown months like we oh yeah like the time like the the canadian uh our canadian what a canadian uh, what a canadian (laughs) disneyland would look like uh which which pavilion we would or which land we would live in 
Uh, there's all sorts of good. I uh, hope it was wow. a little bit interesting to listen to. Yeah. Uh, we had a good yeah, time and, doing it, and and you know, once again, we just want to thank you know uh, our listeners who've um, joined us more recently or who've been listening this whole time. Um, and uh, I, we got some good comments that uh, throughout the the shutdown and COVID that. Um, you know, it was, this was a, a way like listening was a good way for you guys to kind of help with the Disney blues and that we really appreciated there that. There was a and podcast really, on that. We really, uh, yes. it was really nice for us to hear. Um, it's always nice for us to hear that somebody is listening. So, and enjoying it. Enjoying yeah. Themselves. So we just want to thank you. And we hope that, um, 2021 is, is a better year for everyone. Yep. Um, and that maybe it takes a little while to get there. And and we hope that there are many Canadians who can travel to Disney safely uh, in, in the Sometime next year. Sometime in the next year. Um, yeah. And in the meantime, give us some uh, feedback on future shows or future questions. <laughs> I mean, goodness me, we we would love to somebody to be like, hey, I really want to know about this. And we can be like, great, we're going to dedicate a show to that. Yeah. Um, because we talk about the craziest content ever. But you guys might have questions where you're like, hey, I just want to know about this resort or I want to know about X. Well, yeah. that's a podcast we can do. Yeah. Uh, and in the meantime, I think it's probably a good way uh, it, for you to take a dive through through the archives um, over the past year. Um, when uh, when this episode gets posted, go over to our Facebook or Instagram page, find the post that uh, that has this particular episode, and maybe share your favorite podcast episode of ours over the past year. What was the one that was um, most striking to you? Or um, or your least favorite, we'll take that too. We, we can we can take constructive we, feedback we a little that, bit. Uh, oh yeah, that works. We want to improve. <laughs> we need a yeah. New Year's resolution. Yeah. So, uh, but in in all that, um, yeah, we'd love to hear your feedback on uh, on either of those social media platforms. Um, like Lauren said, we are so thankful that you've joined us over the past year. We look forward to um, continuing into 2021 and seeing what uh, what that year has to bring for all of us. And uh, and in the world of Disney, we're going to keep on top of our our things, our topics, and uh, and yeah, bring you our fun little insight on uh, on the inner workings of of disney but we want to thank you so much for joining us on behalf of myself ryan and lauren and ryan and lauren we are the double doubles you've been listening to dole whips and double doubles thanks so much for listening and we look forward to you joining us again next year happy new year everyone happy new year happy new year